Yeah, I'd like to um, give a bit of a shout out to the people that are working in essential services, the checkout operators, uh, the bank tellers, the people that are putting themselves in more contact, so putting themselves at more risk uh, for the benefit of all of us. Uh, so yeah, big, big thanks from me and my family. Kia ora, welcome to the Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Indira Stewart. Remember, if you want to send us your own message of support, all you have to do is download RNZ's Vox Pop app. It's free and it's ridiculously easy to use. You don't need to set up an account or anything. Just tap a button and send us your message. We all know how hard this lockdown has been on smaller businesses in particular. So later this episode, we're going to talk to one small business owner about how he's dealt with the lockdown. But first, let's get to the headlines. This morning, Health Minister David Clark was severely demoted by Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Dr Clark offered his resignation after revealing he took a trip to a beach 20 kilometres from his home during the lockdown. It comes after a story last week came out about him driving to a mountain bike park to have a ride on a trail going against advice from his own ministry. The Prime Minister said this morning, under normal conditions, he would be sacked. But the government can't afford a major disruption to the collective fight of COVID-19, which she says right now is the priority. So Dr Clark will maintain his health portfolio for now, on the grounds that switching to a new minister could waste valuable days in the wider fight against COVID-19. But he's been stripped of his role as Associate Finance Minister and demoted to the bottom of Cabinet rankings. Now an update on the number of COVID-19 cases in New Zealand. Figures of new cases is continuing its steady rise, up by 67 yesterday, to a total of 1,106. As Dr Ashley Bloomfield pointed out, that's very good news. Clearly, the levelling off is, is a good sign. Uh, we've clearly avoided that um, exponential growth that, that the modelling would have shown would have happened if we had done nothing. I think we can be encouraged, especially as it's maintained at that level with the increase in testing. However, what we really are looking for is a drop in that rate of increase uh, day by day. And the only way we will get that is if we go just as hard over this next two and a half weeks in alert level four and continue the activities that are happening, the actions that all New Zealanders are undertaking to break that chain. We are doing this, New Zealand. We're breaking that chain of transmission. The lockdown may get harder over the next couple of weeks as people get bored and the novelty begins to wear off. But we need to keep the lockdown just as tight on the final day as we did on day one. And as we approach the end of the second week of Level 4, Dr Bloomfield says plans are underway for the next leg of this marathon, where we all come out of lockdown but still have to manage the risk of another outbreak. That's going to require extensive public health surveillance so that whenever the virus pops up, it can be stamped out quickly before it has a chance to spread. The mainstays of our surveillance will be the use of our healthline data on influenza-like illness uh, presentations, our GP data on the same. We will be able to look at um, testing results that are coming in and linking those out to regions to see how much testing has been done in each region so we can link by NHI. And the other technology which ESR has developed is to be able to actually uh, genome sequence 
each of the isolates or, or a proportion of the isolates which will show exactly what the pattern of spread and distribution is in New Zealand too. So um, still possible we may do widespread testing, but in fact we've seen a big increase in testing over this last week and not a big increase in the cases we're detecting, so that's providing us with a level of reassurance too. Even based on that comment from Dr Bloomfield, you can tell this surveillance is going to be extremely complex. Luckily, one of the people involved in developing it is Dr Patricia Priest, who we've interviewed multiple times on this podcast. She'll be back on the podcast again in future to explain how it all works. One thing we do know for sure is that we're not coming out of this lockdown early. It's going to be at least the full four weeks. As Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern explains, the reason why comes down to simple maths. First, the virus can take up to 14 days to show signs, so cases we are seeing coming through now can be people who had the virus prior to the lockdown um, but were asymptomatic. Those people may have passed the virus on to close contacts prior to the lockdown. So we can expect to see these close contacts coming through now and in the next week as well. And of course, these people may have passed it on to others in their bubble or their essential workplace as well. So the lockdown ought to have stopped wider transmission, but we can expect to continue to see cases and contacts of those cases still coming through. Because of this time lag in the virus rearing its head, four weeks is the minimum time needed to ensure the chain of transmission from these cases is stopped. Yesterday, we also got new information on a particularly concerning cluster of infections at an aged care facility in Christchurch, which cares for people with dementia. There is so far a total of 15 confirmed and probable cases amongst residents and staff. And I spoke last evening with the District Health Board Chief Executive, David Mates, uh, who uh, updated me on this. And senior clinical staff had been into the facility during the day to assess the uh, picture there, uh, the ability to safely look after and isolate residents and also staff that facility. And on the basis of their assessment, they've uh, decided to move 20 of the residents uh, to be cared for at Burwood Hospital uh, by the DHB staff uh, to ensure that they can be looked after appropriately and or strict self-isolation for those who may be close contacts can be maintained. And likewise, they uh, have put in a DHB person into the rest home to supervise the care of the remaining around 40 residents to make sure that appropriate infection prevention control, including appropriate use of PPE, is happening there to um, look after and care for those other remaining residents. Just to be clear, those 20 people in Burwood Hospital weren't shifted because they were so sick they needed hospital-level care. It's just to make sure they can be looked after and kept isolated from the other residents. Dr Bloomfield also said he's heard concerning reports about people who are delaying or avoiding getting medical care for conditions that aren't related to COVID-19. They may be worried about leaving the house and that they would be at risk. Please do not delay seeking treatment. Healthline will be able to provide you with advice about what is the appropriate thing to do. If you are very unwell, for example with significant chest pain or other problems, then you should dial 111 and get an ambulance. Uh, if you feel you might need a visit from your GP or to visit your GP, many GPs are now able to provide 
uh, a consultation online by a phone or by video, and that is an option. Or if you do have to go out and visit, they can ensure that you are kept safe throughout that visit. They all have very good processes in place. So please do not stop uh, seeking care that you might need for any medical condition that you may have, whether it's a new acute condition or an exacerbation of an existing condition. In slightly bizarre international news, the Bronx Zoo in New York in the United States yesterday confirmed one of its tigers tested positive for COVID-19 and six other big cats at the zoo have symptoms of the disease. It's believed they caught the virus from an asymptomatic zookeeper. That's not quite as unusual as you might think. After all, the disease has already jumped the species barrier once to get into humans, so there's no reason we couldn't pass it to other kinds of animals. In fact, there have been a handful of domestic pets which have tested positive for COVID-19, although there is no evidence the virus makes them sick or that they can spread it. Finally, we've had another important public service announcement for our younger listeners about the Easter Bunny, and this time it comes straight from the top. You'll be pleased to know um, that we do consider both the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny to be essential workers. Um, but as you can imagine at this time, of course, they're going to be um, potentially quite busy at home with, with, their, with their family as well and their own bunnies. And so um, I say to the children of New Zealand, if the Easter Bunny doesn't make it to your household, um, then uh, we have to understand that it's a bit difficult at the moment for the bunny to perhaps get everywhere. But um, I have a bit of an idea that maybe in lieu of the bunny being able to make it to your home, you can create your own Easter hunt for all the children in your neighbourhood. So if you're one of those homes that's had a teddy in your front window, um, maybe draw an Easter egg and pop it into your front window and help children in your neighbourhood with their own Easter egg hunt because the Easter bunny might not get everywhere this year. Jason Lingard is a New Zealand fashion designer who launched his label in 2014. He recently opened a flagship store at his home base in Auckland and has stockists around the country and across the ditch in Australia. For Jason, just like many business owners, this lockdown has come right at the wrong time. It's been a week in lockdown. How are you feeling? I mean, there's that initial shock that you kind of have to get over. But um, yeah, you just adjust to a different way of life. Fashion businesses operate at least two to three seasons out. You've just delivered your winter collection to retailers who can't open their stores now or dispatch orders. Everybody's on lockdown. How will that affect you in the immediate and longer term? It has been really bad timing for fashion designers that are selling wholesale. I was smack bang in the middle of my sales trip around the country when things kind of um, changed really quickly. And delivering winter stock as well right before winter. So we've just got, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of stock that's just been sent out with, with boutiques that just won't be able to pay for that stock because they can't sell it. So it's really kind of negotiating with them. Nobody could have prepared for this. What were your first thoughts when you realised that, you know, your business would be closed in just a few days? My first reaction was was for my flagship store. That's kind of what hit me first. I was like, okay, we can't enter that building. And then I thought about my staff and how to pay them and just, you know, that, that bricks and mortar kind of side of it. As soon as the lockdown was announced, we approached the landlord and asked about kind of holding rent during this time for a partial kind of discount. And we were told a flat out no. We have a landlord who owns hundreds and hundreds of properties. 
you know, they are notoriously kind of hard-assed with, with their business approaches. And then we went back again, and this was a few days into the lockdown, and said, have you reconsidered your position? We waited a few days, and then we got a response saying, look, you can go into arrears, but once the lockdown's over, you've got to start paying the arrears back. A group of us that had the same landlord kind of got together and thought, oh, you know, let's engage a lawyer and see what our rights are. And luckily, we have a clause in our contract it was put in after the earthquakes in Christchurch. You know, we're really thankful that that clause is in there, that if we can't access our buildings, we, you know, we are allowed a rent reduction. So that was my biggest concern. Later on, when I started thinking about the wholesale side of my business and my future orders for next summer, which we're selling at the moment, and all the things that are invoiced for, like those things started kicking in kind of a few days later. You know, not a lot of people can prepare for something like this, a global pandemic that has affected so many people, so many businesses. But are there certain provisions that retailers and yourself keep in place in order to pay designers and suppliers? A lot of us are all so tiny. Like, I think a lot of us are kind of winging it. We're not big multinational companies that have those kind of plans in place. And my store's only been open three months as well, so I'm just still learning as I'm going. I've learned a hard lesson now. Like, I, I don't even have business insurance, which is totally stupid. And I thought, I, I think I had that mentality, oh, she'll be right. You know, little things like when I've got that loss of, of income from the shop and not having any business insurance in place and, and just relying on my landlord to, to kind of come to the party and, and thinking, damn, I wish I had that business insurance now. In retrospect, I, I should have plans in place. And you know, I know a lot of the small boutiques that I supply to, um, they don't have plans in place and they never thought this would happen either. So, you know, I really, I really feel for them as well. In terms of your international stockists, what's the situation with them? What kind of delays have you experienced with shipping now that, you know, the government has only allowed essential items to be shipped? The Australian stores, are they still currently in operation? Some of them are and some of them aren't. Australia in general was a bit slow to do the shutdown and I know certain states were, were shutting down a bit earlier. Some of my stock did get through to Australian stockists but um, most of them are closed now and, and a lot of them made the decision to, to close earlier um, as a goodwill kind of thing or I think following our lead. That makes it really tricky when some stock has made it and some stock is still sitting in my studio and you know I can't send it now. Have you had to change the way you're communicating with your customers leading up to and during this pandemic or the, during the lockdown? For instance, a lot of online stores, they've been running sales with up to 70% discount. They're trying to shift stock as well as reminding their consumers that they're still there. Are there things that you're thinking about putting in place? We've only been on, in lockdown a week, but how can you, I guess, kind of keep your business going or keep your presence there during this time? Yeah, definitely online is something that I've been focusing on as a business owner. You know, I do feel for my older boutique owners who aren't internet savvy and, and don't have online stores. As you say, most boutiques are shifting and focusing online and social media for kind of communicating. I definitely started posting just straight away, saying that we're still here, but it's a tricky one. We can't go on sale as a designer. Our Wholesale customers, our boutiques come first, and we have to follow their lead. One or two have um, started slashing prices to move stock, but I can't do that until all of them are doing that. So I don't want to undercut any of them. So I'm just waiting for their kind of lead and communicating with them. You know, also a lot of stock is, is stuck in, in depots with transport companies at the moment. 
and I have the stock, but I don't want to post it online and sell it until it's actually delivered to those stores and those stores are back up and running again. So yeah, it's a really tricky balance at the moment. With this pandemic, this nationwide shutdown as well, what have you taken away from this experience? If we had a similar experience in future, what would you do differently to safeguard your business? And do you have any advice for others? Yeah, I think definitely focus online if you haven't already and make sure that you have a really good online store. I mean, it's something that most people are doing now, but when something like this hits, it really comes to the forefront that online is what keeps us going and social media is what keeps us connected. And also just having those little nitty gritty things like how are you going to pay your staff and how are you going to communicate to your staff and how are you going to communicate to your customers and and also your business to business relationships and, you know, not be kind of thinking of that on the fly because that's where you start making mistakes. And I know that I've made a few mistakes when this happened, like saying the wrong thing or, you know, not expressing things properly. And yeah, it's, it's better to have a plan in place before it happens. That's, that's for sure. It's crazy times, but it's quite interesting kind of seeing how people are adapting and, and how the public is supporting businesses and, you know, some businesses are pivoting to, to different products. And yeah, it's really inspiring to see the positive things that are coming of it. That was fashion designer Jason Lingard talking about the struggles of operating a small business under lockdown. Kia ora Aotearoa. As of midnight tonight, we are marking the end of our second week under lockdown. A reminder as we continue this lockdown journey together, reach out to your friends and family. Make sure to take time to look after yourself and your own needs too. Ka kite koe apopo. We'll be back with you tomorrow, but until then, be kind. Kia homaru, kia kaha. The Coronavirus Podcast is presented by me, Indira Stewart. It's produced by William Ray, Jesse Chang and Sonia Sly. Our sound engineer is Adrian Holley and the executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to the Coronavirus Podcast anywhere and it's free. Just go to the podcast and series page at rnz.co.nz. RNZ has tons of different shows for you to enjoy. If you're looking to hear more about the fashion industry, check out My Heels Are Killing Me, a podcast all about the business of fashion. Music